Welcome to the Catholic Truth Podcast, where we teach and preach the truth of the Catholic faith without compromise and without apology. We want to give you high energy and non-boring Catholicism, where anyone at any time can come to know exactly what the Catholic Church teaches and why. We do apologetics, spirituality, other religions, our culture, and more. Most of all, we want to inspire you, inform you, and help you to know, love, and live your Catholic faith with purpose and passion. We are Catholic Truth. Welcome to Catholic Truth, a nonprofit organization dedicated to teaching and preaching the truth of Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith that comes down to us for 2,000 years. We want to help you to know your faith, love your faith, and live your faith with purpose and passion, and even to be able to defend it. Check out our Facebook, our Instagram, and everything else in the description section below. Many people have asked us the question, can you lust over your spouse? We know that you can't lust outside of marriage, before marriage, but in marriage, is it okay to lust after your husband or wife? You know, in marriage. We know that it's wrong to lust outside of marriage, but are we allowed to lust over our spouse in marriage? And I've heard many people in Catholic groups arguing about this, discussing this, and some say yes, some say no, and they really don't know. So what is the answer? Can we lust over our spouse in marriage? The answer is no. We can't lust over anyone before marriage, and we can't lust over our spouse in marriage. Lust is always wrong. It's always disordered, and it's always a disordered use of our sexuality. That's what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says. Many people maybe misunderstand lust and passion and desire. Passion or desire, depending on how we define these terms, I think that's important is to define terms, but desire is a good thing. And in fact, in his book, Love and Responsibility, Pope John Paul II says desire for another person is a stage of love. It's a part of love and desiring them, desiring to be close to them, desiring to be in union with them, desiring them to come close to you and to love you in return. Desire is a good thing, but that's not to be confused with lust. Love and lust are always and forever opposites. They're always and forever enemies and because they war against each other. See, love seeks to give of itself. It gives to the other person and does what's good for them, good for their mind, their heart, their body, their soul, their spirit. It does what's good for them, and it's even willing to sacrifice itself to give what is good to them, to do what is good for them. So love, by definition, by nature, is selfless. It gives of itself, even if it has to sacrifice oneself. And conversely, lust seeks to take for oneself. It's inherently selfish, and it seeks to take for one's own pleasure, even if it has to sacrifice someone else, even if we have to use someone else, even if we have to disregard someone else or discard someone else. Lust seeks to take, and love seeks to give out of love for you. One is selfish, one is selfless. And that's why we are never able to lust over our spouse in marriage or anyone else outside of marriage. In marriage, we always want to do what's good for our spouse. You can use your spouse in a lustful, selfish way. We have to remember that 
when we love each other, sexuality is an expression of that love. When you get married on the altar, you look each other in the eyes and you say, I promise to love you and serve you, and I promise to respect you all the days of my life, in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. I promise to give you my whole self, and you promise to give me your whole self, and together we give ourselves as gifts to each other. And every time we have sexual relations in marriage, we are renewing our marital vows to love and serve, but we're not renewing it with our mouths anymore. We are renewing it with our bodies, with our lives, with our action. We're not just saying it, we're showing it and doing it. So sexuality is a gift of self. That's what it's supposed to be. It's an emptying of self and giving to the other person, which is why it's not lustful. It doesn't seek to take. It doesn't seek to just to scratch an itch. Oh, I'm really feeling it today. I need to get rid of this feeling. I need to scratch this itch. You know, I need to, some people say that men think with their, but you know, we can't do that because then we're using our spouse just to scratch that itch or just to fix that problem or just to get that out of the way or just to feel good. Can you see it's still using the other person but it's just in marriage. The person you promised to love and to give your life to, now you want to get something out for your own pleasure or just to fix something. It's shallow. So it can fall into using and a disordered sense of love. It's a disordered passion. Love speaks the language of forever. When we give ourselves to that other person, we're saying, I love you forever. And so we have to literally reprogram and rewire our minds from the culture and the way they have taught us, the things they have taught us, the things we see in movies, the things we see in magazines, in romance novels, and all of these other things where people basically just use each other and they have no idea what love is, which is why the divorce rate is just so high. But true love, each person gives 100%. They never seek to use each other. Now, you might have such a desire to come close to the other person, to love that other person. Or let's say that person's looking really good or you have a desire to get with them. We are supposed to go beyond that and go deeper to love that person, to get beyond our passions of, I want this for me, to, I want to be able to love you with all my heart, mind, and soul. And of course, we can't love it with all our mind, heart, and soul because that's for God only. But you know what I mean for the sake of the example. At this point, some people say, this just seems so heavy and so perhaps robotic. You know, I mean, can't sex be fun? Can't sex be spontaneous? I mean, just, it's fun, right? No, it's not fun. It's literally one of the most greatest life-giving forces on the face of the earth. It's literally a gift of God. You become co-creators with God in sexual relations. And so if we're just having sex using contraception, which means we're trying to block life, then it's a form of lust, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, and it's an illicit, disordered passion, and it's an illicit, disordered function of our sexuality. There are ways to space out children, meaning natural family planning, NFP, but contraception, artificial contraception, is a form of of disordered sexuality. So sex is not fun. You know, we have to rewire our brains. We can't, some people think it's like, oh, I just, I, I need it, I need it, I need it. And two people are like duct taped to a tree. And this is a Chris West analogy, but he says two people are duct taped to a tree and they can't have sex and they can't have sex. And they're saying no, no, no before marriage. And then all of a sudden, okay, we're married, cut the tape. <laughs> and then they just maul each other and all that sexual lust that they've been repressing just comes out in marriage and they just maul each other. That is just a different 
kind of disordered sexuality. Yes, you didn't technically have sex. You repressed it, which is really not good. It is bad. Um, but now just mauling each other and just indulging like an animal, that's just disordered in a whole different way. Sex is not fun. It's holy. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's lovely. It's life-giving. It's grace-giving. The church teaches that you can receive sanctifying grace if you love each other and have sexual relations the right way, with the right motives, being open to life and being open to loving each other. Those are the two things we need in sexuality, and those were the two commands of God in the beginning with Genesis. Love, and life. You need to be open to life. Doesn't mean you have to try to have a baby every time you have sex, because that's not the teaching of the church. But you have to be open to life, and you have to always love, meaning you're putting the good of your spouse before yourself, and even your own disordered, perhaps, passions. And it might take a while, but if we can get over the hurdle of disordered passions, love becomes even more beautiful. It's like reaching a mountaintop experience, where you understand the purpose of love, and you understand God in and through it all. You have a glimpse of God Almighty who loves us completely, who doesn't use us, who doesn't take anything from us for his own pleasure. He gives constantly, totally, and completely he gives to us. And our marriages, a husband and a wife in their love is supposed to be a reflection of God the Father and his love for humanity. So I hope this video has helped you to understand um, that you can love your spouse, love them passionately, desire that deep union with them, but we can't use them for our own sexual pleasures and we can't use them for our own selfish desires. We need to love each other and get over our disordered passions. If you would like to learn more about this, and this is like news to you, we have a lot of books that we can recommend. We'll put a few down below. One of them is The Good News About Sex and Marriage by Chris West. And there's also books by uh, John Paul II, Love and Responsibility. And I will put a few more down below, but these are bombs of beautiful love beautiful bombs that just annihilate the disordered passions of our culture. Check out our description section below. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and please consider supporting our ministry because we are a nonprofit and we only exist because of you. And especially now that we're going into the summer months, we lose a lot of money because we don't do retreats and summer is the most difficult time for us. So if you would help consider giving $10, $25, $50 a month so we can continue doing the work and reaching millions of souls for Christ. We would be eternally grateful. We will pray for you every day, and we ask you to pray for us in return. Thank you so much, and God bless.